0: guest in the world from wwe to dna impact by way of the nwa it's time for reffing it up with legendary referee brian hepner and guest host mr reffin rant himself jimmy corderas an all new episode starts in this this ish. is reffing it up
1: Welcome back to Reffin' It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by one of the greatest referees of all time, Mr. Brian Hebner.
0: Brian, what's going on, man? Not a lot, dude. Uh, We're a little depleted this week uh, because of logistics and the holiday season and all that kind of stuff, which is acceptable and normal. Uh, Jimmy Corderas will not be here with us for this episode. Uh, We... Don't have a filling guest, so you know what that means, RJ. That means I have to try and really be calm tonight and try and work with you and not fight with you and just be friendly. And I and I worked on that all afternoon as I was thinking about recording this with just me and you. So I thought about sweet dreams, Christmas wishes, um, and a bunch of bullshit to, to convince my mind that me and you are going to be okay by ourselves.
1: So so in other words, let's not sugarcoat it so that our our listeners understand a little bit better. So basically, you've already been through a six pack of Maryland Light.
0: Not yet, but I'm gonna have I'm to get know. through okay. some of that before probably our second count. Yes.
1: Well, ironically, that's not the first time somebody's told me that before that they had a drink while they talked to me. So hey, they <laughs> should stay in part for the course, anyways. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously though, we we uh you know, with logistics happening, obviously, like you said, holiday season. Um We obviously, you know, Jimmy's got, uh, a lot of stuff going on. He's a busy guy and, um, you know, he'll definitely be back with us uh, next week, uh, for the show next week, which will be back to our regular scheduled time on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning, that is. Uh, so we look forward to that, but, uh, something that, uh, we definitely look forward to each and every week is our first count.
0: This is your one count.
1: Last week on Busted Open, Scott Demore teased a big TNA signing on uh, on the show, uh, Busted Open, like I mentioned, uh, but he said, quote, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a surprise for you. Some unexpected things, including we are right there at the goal line of finalizing one of, I think, one of the biggest signings in TNA history. I think it's something that is really, uh, going to shake things up on January 13th. If you're, uh, where I? I lost my brain. If you've been saying, I'm looking for something different, we're giving you a lot. Someone we have had, we have in store for you. That night is going to blow your socks off. Um, so like I said, that's got to more, um, very guy that's very close to you company is very close to you obviously you spent a lot of time there in TNA uh they're referring to their show there on the 13th in Las Vegas I believe um their first show under the TNA name brand uh brand coming back uh a lot of names are out there Brian um obviously Scott is a very very smart businessman so obviously this is uh just a, another example of
0: that yeah there's a lot in that statement there's a lot to unpack a lot um and i'm not saying that this is not all true but my only hang up in this and i'm excited about this but my only hang up in this and i'm going to go back and just quote this one line here that they're Finalizing a deal that he believes is one of the biggest signings in TNA. To date, the biggest signing they've had with hands down is who? Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. By far. By far. Now, that is a big, big, big signing that they have to overcome a Kurt Angle. <laughs> I mean, so – You know, the rest of the statement I'm good with, I I believe that, but they're going to have a hard time honoring that, that one statement, that one sentence I just read. Now I go back and I think, and I look now there are people I'm forgetting about. Okay. But you have guys like Dolph Ziggler that are out there. You have guys like Matt Riddle that are out there. You have Sasha Banks. You have a possibility of, of say a, maybe a Goldberg, but any of those four names, are not the biggest signing in TNA are they great and would be good for the company? Absolutely. But Eileen, RJ, just so you know, I thought about this. Eileen that is going to be the biggest signing for the women's division in TNA. And I believe it'll be Sasha Banks. What is their name? She goes by now. Uh, Mercedes Monet. Okay. I believe that if that is indeed what I think, and it actually happens, Quote me, yes, that would be the biggest signing for a woman's signing in TNA. Um, I would think that she's the hottest, biggest free agent of a woman that's been out there for quite a while. Don't get me wrong. Gail Kim, Mickey James. No, no, no. I'm not taking anything away from them. But what I'm saying is what's out there in the pool. Sasha Banks would be that label of biggest signing in TNA, women's or knockouts division. But Matt Riddle would be huge, but he's no Kurt Angle. Come on. He's not Mm going to do... What Kurt Angle was able to do. Dolph Ziggler, same thing. Goldberg, you bring him in, okay, he's not going to be able to work. So, you know, it's a big statement. And, and you know what? Scott may have something up his sleeve that I have no clue about, which would de-pants me and be like, wow. But I <laughs> I, 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 just don't think it's out there bigger than Kurt Angle. RJ, what do you think? So,
1: I, I agree with you to the point that there's no other big signing That could out 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 outdo the signing of Kurt Angle. He is legitimately one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Whatever company. With that being said, I looked at it this way, and I and honestly, I do think it's Mercedes Monet because I saw, I believe, Fightful came out this afternoon. Uh, They had a report from one of their um, contacts with the company in WWE that uh, Mercedes Monet was is asking for money that is. Exceeding the contract that Charlotte Flair just resigned at, so we're talking mucho dinero if you want to get Mercedes Monet signed to your promotion. Um, so hopefully, it, who knows? Maybe the Impact TNA has uh, has the resources to do that. I hope so because I really think that they deserve to have that nationwide notoriety of having a big signing a la a Kurt Angle. But something I took out of this. I didn't take anything out of this other than how do we know it's not a re-signing? How do we know that he did not just re-sign a Deanna Parazzo, who is a free agent. Uh who knows that? You know what I mean. I I I think he says the biggest signing t- in TNA
0: history. Well, the RJ to touch on that though. The thing is, I would think that he would say we have one of the biggest re-signs, or you know, something like that. I mean, he's talking about perhaps. I mean, he, he's saying that. Let me let me let me go back real quick. It says we're going to have a surprise for you. Some unexpected things, including. We are right there on the goal line of finalizing one of, I think, one of the biggest signings in TNA. Okay, so to me, unless I'm not smart enough to figure out the verbiage here, but that means he's got a new signing. I don't think it's yeah. a recent. I mean, yeah. it could be, RJ. I mean, we don't know, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't know, man. It better be something big because... You know, and here's another thing that kind of scares me. Uh, TNA has done, or Impact at this point until January one, has done a very good job of monetizing money, saving money, and 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 as far as what I know, they they've got some money to spend, and that's awesome, and that's and that's a credit to Scott Demore and, and company. I just don't want them to piss it all away on 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 someone that they thinks going to do something that won't happen. In other words. Sasha's gonna get some traction if it was her. Let's just say Goldberg would mm-hmm. get traction. That Riddle would get traction. Dolph Ziggler would get traction. But how long will that traction hold up? How long mm-hmm. will the chains? Right, right. So how long will the chains on the tires and the snow before the snow melts? You got a chain and it's just spinning and there's no snow to spin on anymore. No you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, and I just hope that mistake is not made and it gobbles up a bunch of their money. You know, but who knows, man? We, we're we're not. We're, me and you have no business probably even discussing yeah. the financial.
1: <laughs> they're going to obviously like, 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 like Scott said, he's got, they're on the goal line. They just got to punch it in the end zone. And I think they were obviously that'll come to head on the 13th of January. So uh,
0: maybe, they, maybe they just need the little tush push and they're good.
1: Which is not going to be illegal. Apparently according to Troy Vincent uh, <laughs> this afternoon on the rich Eisen And so I heard, but regardless with this, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that eventually, but uh, staying on the TNA Theme, uh, we saw the return of AJ Styles this past week on SmackDown uh, to aid to the aid of Randy Orton against the uh, Bloodline, and then he takes out LA Knight. So first and foremost, a little context behind this. So I told my wife, my wife's a semi, eh, whatever, her favorite wrestler of all times, Randy Orton, for obvious reasons. Um,
0: what, what reasons? What reasons are those, RJ?
1: Well, let's just say he has muscles that i don't even have parts on my body
0: um oh and let's not add hair
1: oh well i never mind i'm not gonna even go there um <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> it's not gonna go anywhere good um but i showed her a picture of uh randy orton and aj styles standing side by side and i go to where i say look how yoked these two guys are for being 46 I believe AJ is and 43 for Randy. I'm like, she's like, two, he's AJ's
0: huge. Obviously, obviously they're not Brian Habner huge, but um, oh, hold, up, hold up, RJ, no way. Let's not even go there. Let's not give our people that have never seen me that watch this show. I mean, listen to the show, get excited. It, it, no, no, no. I'm like the mini version of it. I'm just this little 510, 170 pound, decent in shape guy but but no (laughs) but but i'll tell you this rj i'm I'm so glad you touched on this because i was going to right out the gate when you flipped it to me but i have never seen aj in this shape he looked amazing um you can tell by that okay by him being in that shape here's what you can tell he took that off time very serious and wanted to come back and look the best and be on his a game, and I was so excited to see that because so many guys sometimes come back, especially at his age, and will be like, oh, you know, take it half-assed. No, AJ did not. He's taking it very serious, and I can tell you right now, I am excited about the return of AJ Styles, and he looks amazing. I mean, I I, I have never seen him that jacked. That guy is, good God, his arms look two times the size I've ever seen him before, and he was he was yeah. a pretty did when he was in at towards the end of his um uh impact or TNA career but yeah. he was he was massive and, and Randy just always looks good man he's he just always had a, a just a jack body and it's just now a little bit bigger so he took his return series to two guys that was on the shelf now they're ready to roll
1: Well, yeah and also too I wanna uh not obviously overlook the possibility over we are going to see two. Past TNA legend, I'll say legends in AJ Styles and LA Knight, aka Eli Drake, face off in WWE. The imprint, and we've talked about this briefly on the past episodes and obviously in passing, the imprint that TNA has on the business currently, whether it be AEW, whether it be WWE, NXT, you name it, there are people men and women throughout the wrestling business that have some sort of lineage to TNA, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Daniel, uh, not Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, the list goes on. I don't, I'll forget somebody I'm sure, but I'm all about it, man. I'm all about an AJ Styles on LA night. I'm, I'm ready to get that heel aspect of AJ Styles that came back in TNA there with a gruff, you know, the black jacket, The darker character. I'm all about it, man.
0: Yeah, me too, man. You know, it also says a lot. And it's not a knock. It's just that there's WWE and there's everybody else. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. that everybody else is out there, okay? But I want to go back to, like, what you said. Do you think anyone, unless you're just an avid wrestling fan, meaning the biggest wrestling mark, which you're fine if you are, I'm a wrestling mark too. I admit it. I'm a wrestling mark and admit it. But unless you're a mark, you only remember what you just said, that AJ Styles and LA Knight locked up in TNA. Nobody else remembers that. Your regular casual fans don't remember that. This is something very new and fresh to them, just like CM Punk, believe it or not, when he was in AEW. It got a little, it got a little, a little bump in things, but then everything went back to normal. There are people that I've talked to that were like, man, CM Punk's back. He hasn't been with the WWE in 13 years or whatever the number is. They 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 don't know it's WWE and there's everybody else and it's just it's that simple man and and believe me yeah. I don't want to hop on board with WWE I'd rather hop on board with AEW or TNA for that matter but what I'm mm-hmm. saying is it's it's just a true fact and I hate when people get all mad about it it's just it's just, it is what it is I don't know pretty interesting but, but no you're you're right you're right RJ there's so much TNA blood out there in that wrestling world whether it be AEW MLW TNA it's 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 it says a lot about what happened previously to the old TNA.
1: Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I'm all about about it. And. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, we're going to watch tomorrow night uh, with uh, on SmackDown. But uh, something I did want to touch on briefly before we get to our reference review uh, is that uh, Charlotte Flair will be out nine months with a knee injury. Uh, She suffered a torn ACL, meniscus, and an MCL on SmackDown last week. Uh, The belief, although not confirmed, is that she suffered a strained neck in the fall as well. Uh, That's all according to PW Insider. Uh, Man, it's tough to see anybody get injured. But when... A, it's right around WrestleMania, Royal Rumble season. And B, when it's you, top. I, generally, I'll say it. I, I'll die on this mountain. Is the top women's wrestler in the company? It's it's tough to see because you know now you got to figure out you know all the plans that you had for her for the for the next. I'd say we'll say for last year, for the next year, will be safe to say. You got to rewrite that. You know, you got to come up with new plans. And like I said, I'm sure they have, you know, backup plans regardless. But um, obviously with you being there with the company for as long as you did, you know, first and foremost, you know, man, it's got to be a tough time right now trying to figure out how to make up for this, you know?
0: Yeah, she's got kind of what my son's got, man. And it's you know, And my son's never been this way in his life. And I don't think Charlotte has either. They're just injury prone, man. They're injury prone. They can't help it. It's not their fault. It's just they're injury prone. Um, it wasn't like, what, what, how long ago was it when she was injured before? It wasn't even that long ago, was it? No, it wasn't. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So uh, she just got the injury bug going on, man. And I can tell you right now, uh, she tore her ACL and basically tore her whole knee. All right. Well, I did too. Uh, I didn't have the time to take off um, for. Obvious reasons. I don't make the money that she makes. So I couldn't lay out for nine months and not, you know, work at that point in time. And believe me, where I was at that point in time, they weren't going to pay for me to be out. So I've seen this happen many, many times to many people. And this is a long, long nine month process. And, and, and nine months is actually going to be really well that you're talking about September of next year, September, October.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like no Royal Rumble, no WrestleMania. Um, as far as in ring, who know Like I said, come WrestleMania, who knows? Maybe I, it may be tougher, or be maybe do may do more harm than good to have her, you know, even make an appearance at a WrestleMania, and not being able to 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 perform. That may be tough, so they may not may not do that. I don't know, but it, it's tough to see. It's, it really is.
0: You know, it'd be cool. You know, it'd be cool. All right, here here I come. I'm Booker Bryan. Booker Bryan right now. Booker Baby Hebner. If you can't use her in ring, why would you put her with uh oh uh, gosh, here we go, Cargill. Uh as the mm? the trainer, the one she wants, but she's gonna ultimately backstab her once she gets gone. Yeah. Like you could use her and use her talent on TV, and she's a great talker, and you I don't know. WWE, if you're listening to me, if I gave you a good idea, use it, bud. Uh, but but give, yeah. credit where, give credit where credits due, though. Of course, but no, 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 no don't give me credit. <laughs> do something like that, that makes sense. Let's do something cool that makes sense that keeps me intrigued. That would be awesome. And if she yeah. decides, I don't know, the story would be that she decides to take this character Carl on, and she wants to train her and make her the best, make her a flair, and yeah, she, she does well, starts beating ass and taking names, and all of a sudden. Charlotte's ready to come back. They're running for a little couple months together, and all of a sudden, boom, backstabs her ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, that. that's kind of an intriguing thought that you brought up. I would definitely be all about that, too. Uh, you never know. You never know. Um, but something we do know is a Refin review.
0: This is Refin review.
1: This week we received a post on our Twitter feed uh, at wrapping it up on the Twitter gimmick uh, from George in Arkansas. He says, "I've been taking a grace period uh, from watching AEW for many reasons. One being the refereeing is not a priority and is coming across as a joke. So anybody that has been under a rock for the last what is this the ninetieth episode? Yeah." for the last 90 episodes and have has no idea what reference review is, Brian, this is the probably the definition of what our reference review is. When you, we talk about AEW refereeing. Um, so put more the context behind it is, do you think George is
0: alone in feeling this way? Is he the only fan out there? I don't No, I don't think he's the only one who feels that way. Not at all. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. I think there's a lot of people that feel strongly about that. Um, I just don't know that because of them, you wouldn't want to watch. That would be me because that's what my profession was for so many years. And it does make me sick to watch on many aspects and many levels. But I don't think that your normal fan is going to look at it quite as harsh or as bad as I do. Um, but obviously this George in Arkansas cares about what he sees in the ring all the way around, whether it be talent and referee or all of it together, but it is a joke. It's not a hidden joke. It's a joke, and I want to say, you know, and I thought about this today, and I did, because I want to make sure that I'm clear. I want to make sure that people understand my frustrations, Um, and I've done really good too, by the way, RJ. I don't know what it is. I I, haven't, I don't think I've said one cuss word. Um I'm, I'm working give on give it time. Give it I, time. I, I know we my mom st-
1: We st- we still got probably another hour left Brian so get you know it, it's, uh, I'm sure once but, we bring Steve and I'm sure the uh explicits will fly. Uh,
0: well, my mom my mom gets on me all the time. But anyway. Um <laughs> But the thing is this, I don't root against these referees that are in AEW. I don't. I just simply want them to do better. I'm hoping that whatever I say can sometimes just get back to them to where they go. Well, let me look at myself and and, and watch what he's saying. I know that's not going to happen unless it's somebody higher up. And I had a conversation last night with someone for an hour and 49 minutes. And I know for a fact, with the exception of one of the referees there, there are some Egotistical things And that's not just in AEW by the way I just want to verify that But the question was about AEW That's why I'm answering it like this um, That are Very egotistical and are not going to hear Or care or give two Here we go, give two fucks About what I say But there is one that does And it's probably One of their better referees That should have been one of the better Referees in Ring of Honor and that is Paul Turner. Paul Turner does fine work. I have no problem with Paul Turner. He doesn't oversell. He's usually in the right spot. He's usually his false finishes are good. And he was overhauled and over or mistreated, should I say, by someone else at Ring of Honor that tried to shove him out like they did shove me out. Um, And I'm not body shaming at all, but he's a bigger guy. If anybody wants to know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about somebody that has, you know. um. Uh, his name's Todd Sinclair. Okay, that's his name. His name is Todd Sinclair. He's a piece of shit and a terrible fucking referee. And he was so scared of his job and tried to protect it and held Paul down. Now Paul is in a better place and now Paul is actually the senior referee there. But Paul can't do much because he's so used to being belittled by some fuck who was no good. And he needs to get over that, I think. So he can actually tell people or his referees Things that they could do and change, but to answer your question, George from Arkansas, yes, it is a joke, and I don't think everyone feels quite as strong as you. But you know what? I wish they did, and they fixed all that. But anyway, I'm done, and I was pretty good. And go crazy.
1: (laughs) Well, that didn't last long. You know, we still you got to pace yourself, Brian, with those uh, the swear words. But uh, to piggyback off what you, I said first and foremost, George, thanks for uh, suggesting that. Uh, on our on our page there but i uh i totally agree with you too brian i think paul turner and even mike posey that uh works there as well uh just they're criminally underrated
0: and they get they get lumped in with the rest of them i can and they shouldn't rj before you keep going i I, I, and you just made me hopefully you didn't flip me out all right ready why Mike Mike Posey is not on their TV each and every week is beyond me. It's ridiculous. I will throw Mike Posey against every single one of them and guarantee you an amount of money. He's better than everyone they got. And for some reason they don't put him on their main shows. And if they do, they put him in some fucking dumb spots where he takes the bump bleeds or some shit like he did. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't understand it. Well, I let me take that back. I do understand it. It's ego. It's ego is what it is. They're looking and protecting themselves and burying another guy who's better than them, and they know it. That's what's bad.
1: Yeah, and it's just like you got to. And I'm sure, who knows? Maybe we're not, or we're obviously singling out AEW here too because it's so obvious. And who do we? Who knows that it may not, it may not happen in other companies? I we don't I don't know
0: we don't know, but I know mean, I know what I, I happens in other companies, but it doesn't happen to this degree. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's so obvious. It's not even funny. I mean, listen, it's out there and everybody knows. Me and Mike Kyoto battled each other. We battled each other. We were battling for spots. We were battling for main events. We weren't going to give an inch. Neither one of us. It was competitive love. And guess what? We're best of friends because mm-hmm. we were battling. And guess what? Won't nobody get going to put us on their TV because I was new. Nobody was not going to put me on the TV. They might not have put me in the match I wanted to be in but they were going to put me on their TV show. That wasn't happening because you know why? Because there's a structure called WWE where this shit don't happen. But anyway, once again, I don't want to go crazy. I'm trying to calm down because RJ, I'm already working with you alone. That's bad enough, but I'm not alone. Well, but that's why you have that Miller Lite very close to you. And uh,
1: hey, like I said, times. one of these times you'll go through that six pack. You know, we've been doing this show for almost two years, Brian, and now I'm kind of seeing it more so now than before, is I'm kind of seeing the side of the business through your eyes, through Jimmy's eyes, and a lot of these referees' eyes, too, so like I said, hopefully we'll watch tonight, tomorrow, whatever, the rest of the wrestling business, and the uh, referees will, uh, will do a little bit better each and every week, so. But with that being said, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back in our second count with Crazy Steve. Let's talk about sex, guys. Shouldn't you always be at your best? 2023 is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in the line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Don't be that guy that says, I don't need it. You don't know until you try. You could be missing out on the best sex of your life. The Bluetooth men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived, and always leave them satisfied and wanting more. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code REFIN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code REFIN, R-E-F-I-N, to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this show today. Blue Chew. Chew it and do it.
0: Short two counts.
1: We are back with our second count, and I am thrilled to welcome to the show current TNA superstar, Crazy Steve. Hey, Steve, what's, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> How are you? Greetings, everyone. How is everyone? We good today or what? Steve, what's up, my friend? What are you doing, buddy? How are you? Yeah. So good to see you. I was so excited when I was able to land you. I know you're schedule is so hectic and i we we had announced to all our people that we were going to do it a day late and uh, but i don't care it could be two days late as long as i get to see your little face and get to talk to you i don't give a shit
2: likewise <laughs> likewise it's, it, it's, it is very good to see and when, when i did get the offer i was like yeah for sure it's been a minute so i was ex- just as excited as you are i think
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i'm i'm more excited trust me uh, so,
1: so Steve, with all the news that's been coming out with TNA, I'm so happy I can say TNA again. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't thrilled to say Impact, but, man, January 1, DNA's back. Man, I, how – personally, for you, how does that feel to be able to say TNA again? And how – what's the scuttlebutt? What is the feeling around the uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, the locker room that uh, everybody's now TNA wrestlers?
2: So – uh, the feeling was captured by TNA cameras. Like when they announced that at Bound for Glory, the cameras were right there and they captured the locker room and everybody was, everyone exploded with uh, excitement of the, the announcement of TNA. And uh, I was standing right beside that camera and I don't, it didn't affect me at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not, And here's why I had a time to like reflect upon that. And I was like, okay, like whatever, it's a change of name, but I wasn't aware that people were so going to be so pumped about it. I didn't realize. And then I think about it and I'm like, well, I started out as TNA, whereas a lot of these people on the roster are impact guys who grew up watching TNA. So yes, to them, that's a big deal. They've never been able to say they were a TNA superstar. And I, I was in 2014 Spike TV era, so like to me, it's just a change in the name. And I understand from a business standpoint, I understand why they did that, and and the timing of all of this is well planned. But that doesn't make me jump for joy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, business speaking that way. But uh, again, I to me, it's just a change in the name, and I've all and I've. Look on my Twitter. It's always been TNA Crazy Steve, anyway. So it's nothing's ever really changed uh, from that point to me. But I, I do understand why our roster is excited, and I get that, and I I think that's super awesome. And I'm here to support that as well because I think it's. I mean, that's that's the type of atmosphere that I want to have in my locker room. So I get it from their standpoint. But for me personally, that's just that was how I felt about it in the moment, at the time, and currently.
0: You think it's simply just a name change more so than that they're going to change things around there? You don't think that you're going to make changes inside infrastructure? You don't think that that's going to happen?
2: I, I am, uh, no, I do, but I don't know to what degree and it's like wrestling so I don't believe it till it really happens. But like I said, like the, the name TNA, uh, people recognize it more so than they do Impact and they always have. Despite the fact that Impact's been around for what ten years or something like that at this point, um, but it's like we're not we're not bringing back the six sided ring. Um, I don't know what production wise is going to change. I definitely feel like there is something in the works. I have to believe that. Um, but as far as like how deep this whole TNA thing is going to run. I really don't know. I haven't really spent much time to like dissect it all in my brain, honestly, but um, it's a, it's a kind of thing of like, okay, we'll wait and see. And I want it to be positive. I want it to be a thing, you know, of, of, uh, you know, rising tide raises all ships type of situation. And I hope that that's the case. I'm, you know, I'm going in with my best foot forward for sure, but I have no preconceived notions to be honest with you.
0: Well, speaking of TNA, uh, yep. let's talk about let's talk about your debut when you came into TNA as Crazy Steve. You were put with uh, Rebel and the Freak and uh, Nux, and you were called the. Uh, if I I will probably butcher this because I'm a dumb.
2: I'm ready for it though. I'm so ready for it. I'm oh. so ready for it. Go go. <laughs> what was it? What were we called? Tell me, Steve, Brian.
0: Steve, Tell me, baby. What were we called? Steve. Steve, do not start fucking with me already.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was called... Uh,
2: oh, my God. Um, Here we go. Drum roll. The menagerie. There you go. Very nice.
0: Is that right? Yeah. yeah. The Menagerie. Okay. Well, tell me about the Menagerie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
2: oh, geez. How far do we go back? Uh, so... That's 2014, we're talking there. I was living in London, England at the time. Um, uh, two days before I moved to London, England, I did. Uh, I was called by Bob Ryder, God rest his soul. Well, hey, Steve, hold that, on, hold on. Yes, yes, yep, yep. One
0: second, let's back up for just a second, I'm sorry. Yep. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm going through kind of quick, because there's a lot of chapters to hit, but please stop me at any moment, go ahead, please,
0: yes. Okay, Okay. first of all, Yes. Let- let me finish. What the fuck yeah. were you in London? What the fuck were you doing there? And aren't yeah. you fucking Canadian? Yeah,
2: that's correct. Both c- those c- things are right.
0: Okay, break that fucking down.
2: Uh, well, uh, I was... Okay, so all in the same year, I was living in Canada, and I moved from Canada to the UK. For what? Uh Well, at the time, my girlfriend, who was also Canadian, was trying to be a teacher in the UK because it's impossible to be a teacher in Canada. Anybody who's listening, that is part of your audience that happens to be Canadian that happens to be going into teaching probably knows this already. Uh, So we're speaking to you guys, that audience. Um, But (laughs) Nevertheless, she was able to, like, kind of achieve her goal uh, and her dream in the UK. And so she went off and was doing that. So I was in this long distance relationship for quite some time with her where we'd only really see each other a few times a year. Um, at the same time, I had some crazy family stuff going on. Uh, and I wanted—I was just done with uh, Ontario Independent Wrestling, too. I'd been wrestling the same guys for 12 years. I'd been... I, I, there was only a select few guys that I wanted to be, really be wrestling, that I could really be learning from on a, like a month-to-month basis that I wasn't getting booked enough with. Uh, and I was like, I, I know England is a hotbed. Like I just needed a change of scenery. I needed a change of pace. I was in school. I was in university. I dropped out of that, and I wanted to get my, uh, my passport and, and my visa to go over to the UK. And so uh, at the same time that I was applying for that visa – I was also sending and creating highlight reels and, and DVDs and um, biographies about who Crazy Steve is, the character. And I was sending them to Bob Ryder through Eric Young, who was my trainer. Okay, so I'm doing all of these things at once as well. I was going to, you know, as well as to university and all this stuff. So, I was spinning a lot of plates. And at the same time that I got my visa to say yes, you can go to the UK. I also got the tryouts for impact. So it was kind of lined up very funny. So I went and did the tryouts in March, which we can get into that if we need to. But just for the sake of story-wise, I did the tryouts in March and I had foregone my trip to the UK by a month. I was supposed to leave in February, but I had these tryouts in March. So I said, I'll move to the UK after March. Do the tryouts in March, move to the UK. Two days before I'm flying out to the UK to move, Bob Ryder calls me, tells me they're going to hire me. I say, Bob, I'm going to go live in the UK. What the heck do I do? Because I was afraid he would sour him on the deal, flying an unknown Canadian independent talent from the UK to Orlando every two weeks. Like, I have no buzz about me. I I don't really even know what I'm going to be doing. I, I have rumors of this clown thing. And he said, don't worry about it. Like, we'll figure it out. Eric Young, God love him. He says...
0: Don't worry about it. You'll just live with me.
2: So <laughs> I live with EY. As soon as I uh, I moved from the UK to Nashville in the same year, like moved from Canada to the UK and then from the UK to Nashville all in the same year once I started working for DNA in 2014 with the Menagerie. Holy deus. There we go. Well, that was wow, a great a story to get to there. <laughs> it's a, It's a lot. It's a lot. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Yeah, that's that I was literally in the UK for like maybe a little over a month. And then yeah. and, uh, and at that point I was talking to Christy Hemi through emails, which was mind-blowing enough of myself. Not only talking to her, but sending her like shirtless pictures of me dressed in like what could be clown gear. And so like that in itself of like I'm like I'm sending Christy Hemi shirtless pictures of myself and we're talking like it was just it was just so strange all to begin with and then once we started rolling with it like once they said hey we're gonna start filming soon that was when I got my flights and I got my contract and I signed it in an in an internet cafe in a slash chicken place in a slash fried chicken place in a little place in the UK I signed my first contract it was really interesting
1: so 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 more importantly, how good is the fried chicken in the UK? That's I that I I wasn't, yeah, I,
2: you know what? I wasn't there for fried chicken, honestly. <laughs> I was there for the <laughs> internet. I never did stop for the fried chicken, to be fair.
0: All right, <laughs> about? So Steve, the, the key question is you did all this bullshit, right? To accommodate mm-hmm, yes. To accommodate your goal. Are you still yes, with sir. are you still with the teacher?
2: Am I still sorry? No, no, sir. No, no, no. No, I do no I no longer live with EY. Uh, we moved. Out, I moved out about five years ago. I met my wife, and we have a house here in an undisclosed location. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome. We've been here for a good five years. And by, um, by
0: the way, please tell your wife I said hello.
2: I'm sure I she, will. Is she there? She is. Yes, she is. She's in the vicinity. Where she, is she? She's upstairs. Damn it!
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, now that she's upstairs, what else did you send Christy Hemi besides shirtless pictures?
2: No, that's it. That's it, sir. No, that is it. <laughs> I remain professional. I just I I didn't even get hired at that point, I was not ready to be fired. Hey, even me getting to like my first day in Impact, that in itself was a gong show. Uh, for a whole nother reason. But yeah. Yeah. I was not about to uh, throw my career on the line right away. Right. right away. I'll lead you to a false sense of security before I do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought up EY and uh, it's a guy that we've talked about many times on the show. Um, a guy that uh, doesn't I don't think he gives the right amount of flowers from the wrestling business. Uh, just amazing mind for the business. Uh Something that you have taken from his his school to what you're doing right now with the Crazy Steve character. Is he is he the one that came up with it, or was it kind of like a collaboration of a bunch of people?
2: No, not even no. I was I was always been Crazy Steve from day one, but it was Sin Bodie, of all people, who named it and coined it. Um and what I mean by I've always been crazy Steve from day one is like, even in training when I would show up to the WrestlePlex dojo in Cambridge, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'd go there. Uh, and by go there, cause I'm, uh, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but I'm also legally blind. So I'm not driving anywhere. Uh, so I, me and a buddy who would train, who's still a professional wrestler this day, we'd drive two hours to the school every Tuesday, Thursday, we bump around and train and whatnot. And uh, and yeah, uh, so this crazy Steve thing, like when I was in the ring, I would always move and kind of yell and scream like that anyway. Because it was just part of something that I picked up on from watching. Uh, honestly, it was Chris Benoit and, and Albert. I remember it was on SmackDown. Brian, you maybe even have refed it, to be honest with you. And I just remember watching them and each of them, every time they threw a punch or a movement or were charging at each other or screaming at the top of their lungs. And it made things so much more impactful. And somehow I subconsciously realized like that's a tool to use, to tell our story in the ring. That is not necessarily, it's a, it's a verbal one without having to say anything it's, and without having to be as physical. So I was doing that in practice. And it wasn't until Sin Bodie showed up one day and said, "That guy's crazy." His name should be Crazy Steve. And at the end of class, Ey said, "Hey, Sin likes you, by the way." And I said, "Really?" Because I, I had just met Sin and was I immediately wanted to be his best buddy when I, as soon as I met him. And uh, so I was enthralled with that. <laughs> and uh, I didn't. I never liked the name Crazy Steve, though. To be honest with you, I I, I always thought it was like it was a nickname. That's the name that like. You call the dude who who gets naked at frat parties. <laughs> like, there goes crazy <laughs> Steve again, right? And like, Brian, you'll can attest to this. Like, I grew up in the era where like wrestlers were like they had they had cool names like Kane, Undertaker, Mankind, you know, Raven, Sting. He's like one word, like cool, cool name. So that's kind of what I wanted to have originally. And it was explained to me by EY and it was a really good lesson that I took home with me was like, I, I think I wanted the name misery. And he's like, the thing is with that, you are at the time, you were 135 pounds. You are pale. You don't look like a misery. If I see someone named misery, I think of someone like Cain, who's a giant monster of a human being who, when he walks, he brings about him misery. You don't look like that. I don't buy it. It was kind of like when Mick Foley would say he wanted to be the Shawn Michaels of whatever but he didn't he didn't have that. It's not him. Um, and so I understood that and then when Nick Sin Bodie said uh, he was in my first match as well as a tag and he said listen I was like I don't know what to call myself he said I think your name should be Crazy Steve. It's up to you. It's your name. You can do whatever you like with it. But I think it has legs and it'll, you know, if you want to change it after today, day, you can do that because it's your name. You can do whatever you want. So we tried it for that night and it was a tag match. Like I said, and I was on the ring apron and I'm running up and down the ring apron and I'm selling and I'm waiting for this big tag and I'm jumping on the ropes. And as I'm doing that, the crowd starts going crazy Steve, crazy Steve, crazy Steve. And I was like, Oh, light bulb. I get it. Okay immediately they were attached in my first match they were attached and they were chanting and I was like I and I wasn't even in the ring I was just running along the apron and so it was like I get it okay that makes sense so forever it was crazy Steve even up to the point that when in 2014 when we were going to do the menagerie I I had probably a list of other names I don't know where it is but I just assumed that they weren't going to use that name and they still stuck with it I I came into that whole thing assuming they were going to change the name and it's always been there. So for better or worse, I've been crazy Steve from day one up to now.
0: Well, I've, I've been a referee for you. Many, 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 many I don't know how long i said that, um, times. And mm-hmm. I've been crazy Steve, crazy Steve, <laughs> but right, I, w- I want to play a game. I want to play mm-hmm. a game. So, I am Booker Brian right now. I was Booker Brian. I was Booker Brian. Right. You, weren't, you weren't part of that, but uh, you will now. Um, I want you to give me your name, your gimmick, and what is your gimmick. If you, if if, if Scott Demore. No, no, I'm sorry. If Brian the Booker uh, said to you, I want to have you be who you want to be, your name you want to be, revamp you what is it you want to be and be perceived as crazy steve please tell me
2: uh so the name i don't know i wouldn't i don't know if i would change or not but what do i want to be perceived as right now i'm currently doing that in impact i'm currently doing like if you're watching it now yep that's they're letting me do exactly what i want to do they're portraying me in a light that is is uh, that give that they're I'm putting input into, um, and it's so much fun, so 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 much fun. Um, that's the best way I can kind of describe it. So and that and that's not. Maybe that's not the maybe not painting the best picture, but that means you have to go out of your way, I guess, to kind of see what I'm doing currently and like watch that, follow me on my Instagram and such, because I posted about it. Like, but it is, it's very cool, and the and the name, as far as the name is concerned, I kind of think about it like this nowadays, where like the band Corn, for instance. When, if you didn't know what they sounded like if you, you were an alien and you came to this planet and you never heard this band but for some reason you knew what corn looked like you knew that we it was a food source of ours and we said hey there's a band that plays music and their name is corn and you're like what that is a very it just sounds so silly but then now if I tell you Brian like hey listen like what's your favorite corn song you can think of it right away you can hear it in your brain Regard, yep. and, and it's because they have made and they have cultivated a sound that when I tell you about the band corn, you don't think of, you don't think of the vegetable corn, you think of the band and you can hear the sound and it's it takes on a whole new meaning. Like KISS, hmm. for instance. KISS is another band. If you don't know what they look like, you take away everything that they look like and you just hear this is this band, is, their, their name is KISS. And then you go and see that band it creates a whole nother meaning of what that word sounds like right because it does. of the personality that they bring to it and i feel like crazy steve can be the same way definitely not on the level of a kiss don't get me wrong i'm not trying to compare myself to that more or anything like that uh, <laughs> but in the same vein of like it's on the surface if you just write it on paper it sounds silly but if you watch what I'm doing, and if you're paying attention to what I'm doing, if you happen to be a fan, you realize that it brings on a different meaning. It's I, I, its its own thing. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense?
1: I, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, because I'm definitely loving what you're doing currently um, there in TNA. And uh, it's something that not not just TNA, but the whole wrestling business really is in dire need of is those character based talents like yourself that can tell the story, but at the same time, still, you know, draw, draw people in good, bad and different um, in in whatever facet that you, in in whatever facet that you're doing, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. And to me, I think like, I've, I've been doing this for 21 years now and I feel like my strong suit as a performer Regardless of age, is I'm a, I would I prefer storytelling. I mean, I'm athletic enough, and I'm in healthy enough, and I'm in good enough shape that I can still do. If you need me to do a four way X division match, like you can throw me in there, and there's no problem. But that's not my favorite way of performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm more apt, and I feel I put my best foot forward when I'm doing something like like a, with a story behind it
1: hmm yeah because even like even previous to what you're doing now you get in like a, a group like decay with yourself and abyss and rosemary and it's just for the better part there's the three of you together was just it's just absolutely phenomenal it was just the talent there is the stuff that you took from you know training with ey you're taking here to tna you're working with abyss and rosemary Who's who? Who's the idea behind Decay? That original, that original group.
2: Um, so that was me and EY, because I'm living with EY at the time. The the menagerie, which, by the way, Brian, I, we just kind of skipped over. So if you did have a question about it, we could definitely backtrack if need be. But at the time, the menagerie had kind of come and gone. It was it was a very much it was quick. Um, and I had found myself in a position where I was just kind of floating. I was always being used, and they were always bringing me in, so they always found – I always felt like they saw value in me. They just weren't sure what to do with me. But the cool thing about Impact is that they have always been like, if you have ideas, please come to us with them. We will listen. We might not do them, but we will definitely take the time to listen, and we will be serious about it when we do it. We're not going to brush you off. And again, I'm, I'm a creative person. So, and EY is too, he's very creative. Uh, So the, us together, we would, we just kind of came up with this. I, the idea of like, I always wanted to work with Abyss from day one, before Menagerie even happened, I was pitching videos to, uh, to Impact in like 2009 and 2010. And I always linked my character from the independence to Abyss because I felt like it just made the most sense if, you were a writer, and you didn't know who I was. I'm not trying to pitch myself with the world champion, and I'm not trying to pitch myself as the next whatever. I'm trying to pitch myself with something that you can see that you've already got on television currently. Um, and I'm and I love Chris. Anytime I've met him, and I, over the years, the more I've gotten to know, I'm like he's one of my best friends. So like, I always wanted to work with him anyway, and so after as i'm floating with the menagerie I, I pitched an idea that put me with abyss uh in a tag and then they we even we tested it uh on a, on one loop i can't remember what it was but we did it like a joker's wild thing where me and him tagged up for a thing and uh and it was in december like around this time actually to be fair in 2015 i want to say when uh I was told at a Predators game that, Hey, we're going to go with your idea. Billy Corgan is on board with this at this point. And, uh, we're going to go with your idea. We're going to call it decay. So that was Billy's idea to name it decay. But, uh, and they said, we want to add a female with it too. And they had mentioned one of the females that they had thought of. And on the way home, me and EY were discussing it. And we, had, I had known Rosemary from the day that she had, uh, like broke into the business so I've always we've always been friends from day one and she was doing the demon assassin thing at the time and I just thought this thing is so raw and it's so new let me pitch her let's see what we can do because I and I trust her too this is this is my baby they're going with it so like I know she can do this role so I said hey I know you're thinking of this one but how about this one what do you think of her and they said well have her send us a promo so I said hey send us us a couple promos and a match so she sent two promos in a match, and then two weeks later, there was a contract, and we were off and of running. It happened so quick. It happened so fast. Uh and then at that point, so now uh you know, we're in January, we're in Philly, and it's me and Abby, who like we're good friends, and then me and Rosemary and me and her are great friends and she's super creative and, and super like into what what's, what we're doing. We're on such a level. And the whole thing is operating on such an awesome level between the three of us. Like we have, we call our fans the hive uh, and we operate on a hive mind. So that there is no leader in decay. We are all one, we all, you know, everyone is accepted and we're all one. As opposed to, you know, all these groups like the Four Horsemen or DX or whoever, they all have leaders and we didn't, we never wanted to be that. So we did our best to promote that all three of us. And we meant it. And that's how we operated too, in the ring and like outside of the ring, we were all just operating on this awesome level. And then you have a Billy Corgan who's new to the company, who's into this project and he's super into this. So he's backing it up too, from a writer standpoint, which is, as Brian can tell you, is just as important. And so we're getting TV time and they're putting, you know, uh, they're they're asking for my input on like, I asked Billy Corgan, hey, what can we do for music? I kind of had a, like I seen the Smashing Pumpkins that summer with Manson, and I was hoping I could get something from him. And I said, hey, what are we doing with music? And he said, well, what are you thinking? I said, well, nothing like, I'm hoping you're not thinking some sort of like death metal thing. I know we're supposed to be some dark group, but I don't want to come out to like that. He's like, no, no, I'm not thinking that either said so what would you like and I said well what about Marilyn Manson and to my surprise he said well what song and I was like oh geez I wasn't ready so I was like let me check my phone I'll come back to you so I literally I went through my phone and I've always loved the beginning of the nobodies and I I just shot my shot and I said hey I came back to him and said what do you think of this and he he listened like oh I like that and uh, he said well here's the thing is that Manson it's 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 LA time he's in LA and it's in the daytime he's he's gonna be sleeping so he's going to, here's the thing. He's going to want to get paid. The record company is going to want to get paid. There's a lot of like hoops we're going to have to jump through. So don't bank on it, but I'll make a call. Said, okay, cool. Like that's more than I thought I would get. Like that's further I thought I would get. And like an hour later he came by and he's like, Hey, so we're signed off on it. We're good to go. I was like, Oh my God, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. Everything went very smooth. I was like, Oh my gosh. So the benefit of having this trio of myself and Abyss and Rosemary operated at such a cool level with, with a thing of Billy Corgan and then now we're coming out to music whether you like Marilyn Manson or you don't you know who he is and that automatically at the time too especially in Impact nobody was coming out to theme music with by an actual artist everyone was coming out to like kind of music that was house made and so it immediately makes you think of something you immediately relate either him to us or whatever but it's it was very valuable for us to have it all work out in the way that it did.
0: I wish I wish that I had RJ uh cue up your interest music because there's there's several things I wanna like touch on for a minute. Um mm-hmm. first being could you imagine could you just imagine your entrance with you, Abyss? And Rosemary on a WrestleMania stage, yeah, yeah, like what? If with, yeah,
2: with the the production of a, of a WWE behind it, I could I could only that's all I can do is imagine. <laughs> that's all anyone can do, unfortunately. <laughs> you guys can create it on your 2K, but like you know, like that's that's about as far as it'll go. But yeah, it's. I mean, it, all the parts are there. You know what I mean? All the parts are there. And the song is badass. I don't care what you say. So
0: no, I hey listen. I yeah. I, I, th-
2: I know I know yeah. I, I, I.
0: <laughs> listen, I, I, I'm huge on it. Now here's another thing too. And this is what's crazy. The uh, uh well what's that's crazy, crazy Steve, is um is that uh, you know yeah I have a lot of inside, but there's a lot of inside stuff I don't really care to talk about or want to want to know about. And I would have swore to God on my kids if someone were to ask me that you and Rosemary were together, I would have said yes because before I knew you weren't, I totally thought 100% because of the way you guys are so good at playing your role. It's kind of like watching a movie and you see two people kissing and having passion stuff and you're like, there's no way this guy's not married to her. It's one of those and- deep and that's kind of what I go back to is like,
2: and it's for the sake of the story, I'm not even going to name who they originally had an idea for. Not that I had any problems with that person either, but I knew that if we did this with her, she was on board. She would get it and she got it and she committed to it hundred percent, just like I did. And that's what I mean. Like, and it was special. It, like, you can't just do that with everybody. Doesn't work that way.
0: Now, Steve, I'm, hold on. Steve, before yeah. you before you continue, you cannot do that on refin it up. We don't we don't we don't say we're not gonna name drop. I hate you, Johnny Ace. Um <laughs> no, yeah. We need to know. Who was it? Uh they originally wanted
2: uh what's her name? Uh Crazy Mary Dobson. Who the fuck's that? I some in she was I don't know if she doesn't wrestle she wrestles for the uh, for WWE now I don't know what she wrestles for now but I know she that's what oh. she was when they pronounced it to me okay your, go your ahead. listeners oh. will know that'll be your listeners that's for you to find out on Twitter when you post this I suppose
0: there you go there you go there you
2: go yes yeah yeah and and again oh. I had never met her before either I had gotcha. never met her in my I'd never met her before in my life but again when it was presented to me it was in this raw stage there was nothing put into plan that was who they just had in mind i i had pitched rosemary and her name was not rosemary at the time but at the time uh yeah and it worked out how it did but that's what again like it, that's what helps. that's what made it special i wouldn't have been able to do that with her and I wouldn't have pitched. I wouldn't have pitched it like that either, because God forbid. Like I don't know her, so like, right. It takes the way the way that we operated, and like again, we were both on board. We both, you know, so it worked out. We were the like one of the first tapings. We were told to scale it back
0: right. several
2: times, actually. And we're like, oh, okay. And then we were, we both looked at each other, like, well, then we're doing what we we're, we're doing the right thing. Yes. because yeah. if you're telling me to scale, I'd rather you to tell me to scale it back than than I have to turn it up.
0: So all right, so here's a here's a quick question. Yeah, if, if if our listeners weren't quite sure, which our our listeners are very smart, by the way, and we love y'all, by the way, uh, but if they wanted to go back and weren't quite sure what I was talking about, what, what, what like where would you tell them to go to to see the entrance? Like
2: anything on YouTube, you can pull up any of the entrances on YouTube. Like what do you what specifically are you looking
0: for in the entrance? You know what I mean? Like the entrance itself. I'm talking about where it looks like you and Rosemary are about to fuck in the ring before you start fucking fighting. (laughs) Oh, I could not tell you where you would go. You can look at any highlight. So like
2: even one of the things is like I don't one of the things that we were told right off the bat was and this is shoot this was in one of our very first first shots I remember we did a thing where either we jumped the wolves or something like that and uh she was crawling around and I saw a camera but like a camera where we needed to work towards and I remember I snatched her by her hair and I slung her towards the camera and we got in the camera's face and started mugging me mugging the camera it was awesome it was a great shot and stuff like that and Like, I mean, I'm not, by no means was I rough with her. It was a guiding thing, You mean, by any stretch of the imagination. But when we got to the back, we were told, hey, you cannot do that. By all means, do not sling her around by her hair like she is a rag doll. Okay, duly noted. And like, you know, if you've ever seen her perform, if you've ever seen Rosemary perform, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, like she's safe to say she commits regardless of what she's doing in the ring, regardless of what character, regardless of what match, she's committing fully fledged. She is, uh, as a performer, she's top tier. So, and she's one of my best friends too. So I just, we happen to have that, that like, we happen to have that bond. So it's, I don't know. It just, it couldn't have worked out any better. It really couldn't have. And then again, and then you add Abyss on top of that, who comes with this one as a human being, he's one of one doesn't get much better than that as a wrestling mind he comes at this with a knowledge and where like even i'm 13 years in at this point but i'm learning from him and it's awesome one i get to learning with now who is my uh, friend a good friend of mine but somebody who's always wanted to work with as a as a professional too and he was so beneficial when it came to doing like i'm uh, i went from being this opening act roughly menagerie like it's not arguable at all but an opening act so now i'm being put in main event situations where now there's barbed wire and there's thumbtacks and there's a bunch of stuff and i'm 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 legally blind and so you putting all that together with all of these moving parts and thank god i had someone like an abyss who's been in this situation before we're on these big stages and we're in these matches that really mean something it's it's a it's one, it's something that I've always worked to be at, a place I've always worked to be at, but I couldn't have asked for a better person to be doing it with because he just, you know, if there was nerves, he's like, I got you, I got you, baby, I got you. You know, <laughs> and he would just and it was so awesome. I couldn't have asked for a better tag partner. Like honestly. So you you know, I mean, like you can't speak any highly of him. Any highly like, you, I mean, you know, you know.
0: Yeah, I do. I I do know. And, and Steve, there's so much I want to cover with you. You're you're such a fun person and they have so much I have a run sheet that's got tons of stuff on here. Um, but but I want to get to something before we move on to our third count. Um and I, I and I have heard this. Me and you have sat around drinking and talking, and it's not about me. I want them to hear you. You're legally blind. Yeah. I didn't know really quite your story when I went to EY and asked EY, and EY explained it all to me. And it's quite fucking amazing, man, what you can do, um, at, at the level that you do it. And I still don't understand how the fuck you do it, but you do. <laughs> um. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm being dead serious, dude. You mm-hmm. are a wonderful wrestler. You're you're. And I know that's a terrible word to say A badass wrestler I should say Uh, But someone who Understands it and gets it and does it And can't fucking see Mm -hmm. So Can you And once again I know what you're gonna say Or I, I know most of it But anyway can you explain How difficult this is And how maybe easy it is Because people learn their ailments And they learn how to deal with them And obviously you're one of those But Golly, man! You're in a physical world where this is this is, in my in my humble opinion, the baddest sport when it comes to being a badass. Um, you know, taking hits and taking all this stuff. I mean, I've seen you take some shit, but give me uh, we're at the Christmas season, a supportive reason for having an ailment such as yourself. I don't know if you want to call an ailment, uh, but but you know, a physical trait you don't have and mm-hmm. you something positive just talk about how you want to talk about it um oh, <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I so it's hard to here's the thing is I, I I'm to, to really put it in a nutshell ignorance is bliss I don't have anything and what I mean by that is that I don't have anything to compare it to because I've never been able to see it properly so yes, I found myself in this world. Somehow, I've I've managed to achieve this dream, and I found myself in this world of professional wrestling. And as Brian said, it's a very violent way of making money, or it's a violent way of performing. It's a violent way of you know paying the bills and and and, and having a good life or whatnot. Um, and I'm doing this while not being able to see. But again, I don't really have anything else to compare it to, so I don't know how to put it in the words, if that makes sense. I've just made the best out of a bad situation. Um, I, the, I the, like the, the funny way of putting it is I'm just a shitty version of Daredevil, right? I'm not like, I don't have any other really cool powers. <laughs> I'm just kind of like that. Uh, wrestling is something that I've always, always, always wanted to do as I was a kid growing up. And it was like I played sports as a kid, you know, I, mean? like I played soccer and I was on the basketball team and I did amateur wrestling as well. But like pro wrestling at my heart and at my core was something that I always wanted to do. I just never knew how to achieve that. And it wasn't until I met up with EY and we did the WrestlePlex and I started training that I was like, Oh, I can this is this can be a real thing. And then I never had we all had dreams. And aspirations of making it to whatever. But, like, in the meantime, I don't like, I was just having fun on the independence because I was able to live out this fantasy, this dream that I, you know, even though then, like, and I've said this on many podcasts where breaking it down of like what it was like breaking in and paying your dues. And, like, I certainly did all those things, but never really, I was never really, I was never abused in any situation from an independent standpoint, but I never looked at like the, long car rides or the shitty payouts or the no payouts or the setting up rings and stuff like that never looking at that as like one day it'll be better i was like oh this is awesome i'm wrestling i'm part of this brotherhood like i always looked at it from that point of view again ignorance is bliss i guess i don't know uh and then as far as like wrestling is concerned like it's i mean i'm athletic and stuff like that don't get me wrong and i do my best to take care of my body. Um, but I'm not like a Trey Miguel or any of these guys like a Ricochet or whoever. Like, don't, I'm not. Well, I'm not that young and I'm nowhere near as athletic and I'll never be as athletic and I'm totally fine with that. So what I do is I just focus on my strengths, you know, and then uh, and because uh, why am I going to try and compete with Superman when he's already he's already Superman? we don't need another one. So I'll be something else. I'll be the Joker. I'll be whoever. I'll be Scarecrow. I'll be whoever you want me to be, right? Like, uh, I have my strengths and I'll play towards them. And I found that, like, if I lead with that foot, and that goes from a, a physical standpoint, too. Like, when I'm in the ring, don't get me wrong, like I can't really see the ropes. I very rarely can see the audience. Um, not to mention my my entrance is black lights and they just throw smoke in my face, right? So, <laughs> even,
0: <laughs> yeah, go ahead and... I've never understood that shit like (laughs) it's like okay let's take a blind guy and make him walk down the fucking ramp with no lights great Uh, (laughs) well hey man I was also suicide
2: during the COVID era too and they put a mask on me so that's another chapter as well (laughs) yeah we can talk about
0: that after if you need to there's a
2: bonus story there if you need that but uh
0: they better sign you to a contract for fucking life good god
2: (laughs) But, yeah, yeah. Well, and I've had comments, too, like, oh, man, your entrance is so badass, the way you walk to the ring all ominous and evil-like. And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying not to trip. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
2: honestly, I can't see a damn thing. You know, the, the glow-in-the-dark makeup when I was doing that, that was a lot of my benefit as it was. It looked cool on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Steve, you're the best, man. You really are, dude. I. You know, I, I don't understand. How, how are you scared when somebody shoots you off to the ropes when you can't fucking see them?
2: No, not now. Like I mean, and honestly, like to be fair, like a lot of the uh, talent we work with are awesome. They know what they're doing. You know, they, I don't have to worry with the with the impact roster. Like they know what's going on, and they don't. It's not, I've never. Swear to God, and you can attest you're I mean you've been in the ring with me many a times and you're just as part of the match as anyone. So like no one no one takes it light on me. So it's like, so not they're babying me by no. stretch of the imagination. And I the moment that happens, the moment that's when I stop. But that has not been the case and never hasn't been. Anyway, I digress. Uh it's happened a couple times where guys have shot me off and it's like they, they put a little too much into it, throws my stepping, or the ropes are black or, you know, whatever. And it's happened before. And it, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, am I scared, but I'm only, maybe. but it's only going to last for 0. three seconds before I get clubbed in the head. Right. So, you know what I mean? I don't got a lot of time to be afraid. It's just, it's going to happen. And that's kind of what you sign yourself up for. If you're going to be a professional wrestler, you kind of have to be a little masochistic to a way. And, uh, and like, I'm currently, I'm teaching at a school right now um, that I'm, Helping out with in my hometown and, and part of doing that, that, that lesson is like, Hey, if we're here, like you have to kind of accept that you are going to get beat up. Right. That's It's wrestling. That's just what it is. If you are somebody who's light, hot headed and you're going to get angry, like this is maybe not for you. Cause I guarantee you, the ring is going to beat you up by itself, but everyone's, if, if you're in a school atmosphere, uh, everyone here is learning and you are going to get punched and kicked in the face at some point. And it's not going to be on purpose, so you can't take it that way. But you have to accept that it's going to happen, and and you know, and like that's scary to some people. But to me, I've always accepted like eyesight be damned. Like it's still it's pro wrestling's pro wrestling Is this is what I want to do. Well, guess this is the you know that's the taxes you got to pay. You know what I mean like it's wrestling, and I again I've been fortunate enough that I've been majority like injury free, like concussions for sure, and you know like certain injuries like that, but nothing besides an ankle injury in 2013 that's really taken me out of pro wrestling. So knock on wood, that uh, that doesn't happen anytime soon. But I've been very fortunate up
0: to this point for being 21 years in. Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this. Um, I will. I, I, and I hope you don't take it bad because it's not bad. Obviously, you know, I love you. Too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just like uh, when I found out what was going on, I felt like when I was refereeing I felt so bad for you like I felt so bad like and um I feel like wrestler mentality which is not referee mentality for for me is to feel sorry these guys didn't feel sorry for you like they didn't No no they didn't and I, I I'm sitting there at first because I'm I'm looking at a guy who I, I had never met a guy yeah. who had never worked with and he's in there, and I find out that he's legally blind, and they're, like, beating the living shit out of you, and they're yeah. throwing you around, and I'm feeling horrible. And I'm like, okay, now, I will say, in your defense, here's here's my, my come-ups for you. It's yeah. like, after a month of that, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's good. Fuck, he, he may not be able to see me, I don't give a fuck. You know, like, shit, yeah, he good. Yeah, so, well, uh,
2: Part of that is also I'm a good seller, so I just had you hook, line, and sinker too. Don't kid yourself, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, but it's it's also it's the name of the game, and you know, like I, I, again, uh, it goes, it all, everything goes back to Ey in this case. Like when I first entered Wrestleplex, Ey, one of the things that made me like really want to sign up with his school was like. He said to me, point blank, I can't guarantee you success. I can't guarantee you that you're going to make millions of dollars on TV. But I can tell you this, I can teach you anything you want to know about professional wrestling and I can guarantee you that if you sign up with me and you stick with pro wrestling you are going to be in pain for the rest of your life. And I was like, he's not. I was like, okay, sign me up. Let's go. He's not here to take my money. He's not bullshitting me. And he was right. (laughs) So uh, since then I've been in pain for the rest of my life but it's again it comes back to one of those things that you accept and it's and again it also falls back into like you know look our roster our roster's great we're filled with a bunch of professionals who you know and like wrestling's rough and you're gonna get rocked but we're all I feel like everybody in that locker room and Brian you can attest like we're all on the same page we're all here to have the best match that we possibly can. And we all want the brothers and sisters that are working alongside us in that card to have the best match that they can as well. You know, uh, it's always been that way. And that's the, that's the best way to make art than is professional wrestling. If you ask me, Is at least the, that's a, that's the best kind of atmosphere that I want to be in. It gives me the best opportunity to do the, to put my best foot forward and, and make, you know, the best kind of art that I can.
0: No doubt, no doubt. All right, so Steve, here's what we're gonna do, buddy. Yeah. Um You 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 touched on uh, Ey, who I want to have an interesting question when it comes to that, and then we have a lot of fan questions, a lot. Um, oh, we're not all them. I just want you to okay. know you're not here all night, and I don't want to be here all night either. But um, <laughs> we're gonna get to that and a lot of other things when we come back with our third count with fan questions. Crazy Steve, and I want to talk about some EY and what he fucking said when you said you wanted to be a wrestler. We'll do all that when we come back in our third count. This is your three count. We are back with our third count, and we have Mr. Crazy Steve, who actually is crazy. I know him better than everybody else, and guess what? We've been to many bars and many places and hotel rooms and all that stuff and uh. (laughs) Guess what? He's fucking crazy. And he's on our show, so hopefully, um, maybe we can get him crazy. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, uh, let's let's start with fan questions real quick. Uh, So we have a question from Dave. Dave, he says, you have been doing the same gimmick for many years in Impact. What are your thoughts on refreshing your character, getting rid of the paint, and just being Steve as a badass-type character, similar to Brock Lesnar-type? Fans are (laughs) one." Badass guys, instead yeah. of dick type face paint, etc. Have you ever considered a character change? Would Scott Demore support a change? Oh boy. Anyway, go ahead, Steve. So
2: uh, yes, Scott Demore would be in support of a change if I presented him with a change such as maybe not such as that down to that uh, degree. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, I would say I would say TNA is always open for change. They they are definitely open that have I ever considered changing my character? I would definitely consider the fact that uh, my character has changed multiple times on very different levels uh, if you've paid attention to what I'm doing. If you're somebody who's just casually watching, then, yeah, I bet you the face-painted wrestler does look quite a bit like the same thing over and over again. Um, so, but that it really comes down to your viewership on me personally and how much you follow me. I'm answering that question. Who, who, I'm speaking to that person who was asking um, the idea that you pitch, certain personally, that I think is a terrible idea because I am not a Brock Lesnar-type <laughs> badass at all. Uh, that is not who I am. I'm, I, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm in pretty good shape, uh, but I am not a big human being. Uh, and when I say big, I'm comparing myself to Brock Lesnar, who is an actual real-life, in-real-time giant. I'm not that. I'll never be that. So I would never pitch that because it is a terrible idea. Uh, The things that I'm doing, I'm doing because they come from me. And that's what I enjoy doing. That's not, if you don't like it, that's cool. Then don't watch me. But I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I fully accept that. And uh, it just, you know.
0: Apparently. Apparently. Eve, you have done what you're supposed to do because apparently you have made Dave feel like you're a larger-than-life character, Brock Lesnar type. What hey,
2: if if, like it's the first I will honestly say that's the first time I've ever heard myself compared to Brock Lesnar. So it's that's quite the compliment in that regard. You're correct. I don't see it myself, but again, I'm legally blind, so
0: (laughs) well uh, I I am not playing off that. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: I think this is where I jump in then. So we'll go Thank to our next know. question from uh WWE Master. Uh yes, if you were to sign to WWE, what from these three would you love to team up with or have a storyline with uh with your character that you have currently in impact TNA? Uh Cross, Nikki Cross, or Shancy? Uh
2: None of them. Yeah, honestly, yeah, none of them. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's right. Here's why: is it's I don't know. And like, to be fair, I mean, if if that did happen, I'm sure we'd get a lot of eyes on it. Because more often than not, when I get asked questions that are similar to this, it is, "What about your dark faction or your dark character mixed with this dark faction over here?" And it's always monster versus monster, and like. It to me, it's, there's not no one wins in that scenario, and it's not interesting to me. Give me a straight face in WWE. What about my character with Adolph Ziggler? That is interesting to me because then there's something to play off of. Because then we're both different. Now we can volley off of each other. Whereas when you put the monster versus the monster, like Godzilla versus Kong, always to me always sounded cool. But always kind of under-delivered. Don't get me wrong, Freddie versus Jason, that kind of delivered. That was pretty awesome. Uh, as far as like what you expect from a, a big badass battle between those two. Let's be real, it was pretty badass. But you can't yeah. always achieve that in a wrestling match. And I feel like a lot of times the Undertaker versus Kane is a perfect example. Let me know how many times those two wrestled. A lot. But also tell me how many times did those guys break it down and just kill it every time. Few and far between. Right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Awesome matches. But you know what I'm saying, right? I'm not trying to bury that. No pun yeah. intended. But it the the idea of monster versus monster to me always sounds better on paper and always under delivered. Whereas if you yeah. give me someone who is the opposite of me or some like a character that I can really play off of something who's a straight face, then it's so much more fun because I can really be who I am, and they can, like, for instance, myself and Robbie E. I was a clown, and Robbie E. was afraid of clowns. I a lot of people remember that, and they always bring that to my attention. It's because it worked, because we were playing off each other. It was perfect. It works. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my long-winded version of that, answering that question, But because I get it a lot, <laughs> and I, I do understand it from a fan's point of view, but from my point of view, again, I always feel like, the monster versus monster always kind of underdelivered again, Freddie versus Jason being the example that where that definitely delivered, but I can't pull that off all the time. <laughs> yeah, every now and again. Yes. You yeah, know, every now and again, it'd be great. But I have a question. Uh, so I'm not, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I have a question I was about to read, but you, you, you've cross trained my brain right now. Yeah. Um So How would this sound to you? Um, I've been Booker Bryan tonight all night. Um, You're you're making me filter my brain, which is awesome. (laughs) How about a program with you and Moose? Now, hear me for a minute. Yeah, no, I'm listening. Moose has never seen or gone across some crazy, deranged lunatic who spits mist who's scary who does all this it's kind of like the booker t versus the undertaker kind of gimmick where he's just never seen anything like this listen this is
2: possibly i'm saying it right now one of the best podcasts of all time already been compared to brock lesnar now compared to the undertaker let's go here <laughs> boys and girls uh wait, no, wait, I, wait. I mean <laughs>
0: What was I didn't say you were an Undertaker motherfucker? I didn't say that.
2: Uh, (laughs) Let's rewind the tape, sir. Let's rewind the tape. You were saying as it pertains to this storyline that you were trying to pitch with me and Moose, you compared it to A and B, and you chose B to be said Undertaker, which means yes, listen. So you rewind the tape. So
0: you're throwing but the I, red flag on me. You're throwing
2: the red flag on me. Uh, no, I'm just saying it's awesome. i get getting compared to both of those people. I'm neither one of them. Not even close. But, hey, I will I will gladly take it. I'm putting you over. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> uh, to work with Moose, I think it'd be awesome. I have wrestled Moose. We have definitely worked. It was in pandemic time. We had we did a, like a 15-minute main event. And, boy, that boy, he is strong. Oh, boy, is he strong. Uh, but to to be able to do like a program with him where I am taken in a more serious light as a more serious threat and do some actual business with a guy like that, it would be, it'd be awesome. I think we both would like that. He himself included. We'd have a lot of fun. And it's something that most people wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't expect, but
0: Hey, you know I mean, 2024 is right out of the corner. Who knows? I'm telling you Booker Brian is on fire tonight. Booker Brian mean, is Bryan- yeah.
1: Well, but the thing is, with Booker Bryan, we both had the same idea. I was thinking Moose, too.
0: Really? RJ, me and you cannot be in the same wavelength.
1: Fuck. But but, but also, oh, fi- okay, fine. We'll do it this way. I was also thinking when the WWE thing came up, I was also thinking about Steve and uh, Miz.
0: That's crazy you said that? Because I, I... Oh, my God. We cannot.
1: Don't tell me. Don't tell me.
0: I swear to you. I, I swear, I've got it written right here. Right here. Uh, <laughs> all, right, all right. Let's 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 stop fantasy booking. All right, ready? Uh so, so who pitched the idea? Oh, but from Alex. Yes. Who pitched the idea of the interviews of you and Tom Hannifin and later snapping and doing the new cool character on Impact Wrestling that obviously uh Dave didn't know about. Um, did you take a playbook out of the Mankind interviews in nineteen ninety seven with Jim Rose?
2: Um, so it was my pitch to do it that way. Again, found myself in a similar situation in decay that I did with menagerie, where I was kind of floating. We weren't really doing anything. Uh we had a cool entrance, but we're kind of not really seen in a serious light. And so I was wanting I needed to switch things up. And again, I'm creative and I get bored. So I'm like, well, I need to do something different. Let me kill this off. This is this is my creation, let me kill it off. So I pitched that. They said, yeah, let's do it. How do you want to do it? And I did pitch the ideas of the Mankind interview. Uh, I took inspiration from that, and I knew it was going to be compared to that. Uh, and I had pitched to do it with Tom. I specifically asked for Tom because uh, I respect him so much and his work, and he's so he's so good. And the story is real. It's all real stuff. Like, it's that's... Like, it's comparable to the mankind thing because of the 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 trauma and tragedies that he speaks about, and he he admits too. Like he just keep he hammed it up for storytelling as well, and they just kind of did it on the fly. And also, if you think about it too, they had like eight minutes an episode, and there was like four episodes where I had eight minutes to capture everything, and in, in like in three periods. In, in we're gonna split it into three things, but you have like you know, eight, eight minutes total to do this in. So I had to really like cut a bunch of, it wasn't as comparable to the Mankind interview as one would think on the surface. Yeah. But as a production, no, we didn't nearly have the time to do, to really elaborate and to go into it as, as much as we could have or whatnot. Um, and the atmosphere was far, far, far from intimate and I'm telling real life stories. I'm telling like the, you know, the really, the dark, dark chapters of my life. And I'm, and it was my idea to do that. It was very, it was a cathartic thing to do. And I, I knew I was comfortable to do it. I'm just comfortable to talk about it and all that stuff like that. And I thought, if I'm going to make this change to this character, this is the, again, I want to put my best foot forward. And Tom is so good at what he does, and if I present him, he didn't know the story either. I told he had no idea, and uh, and I we did it, and we did it, in, you know, in one day, and it came off. It's some of the best work I've ever done, and I'm very proud of it. Um, but yeah, it was that was my idea for sure, uh, my idea, and it was definitely inspired the idea of getting that story out. Couldn't have you could have done like if you're familiar with Impact, you guys know we have a diary series where you go through an entire 30 minute special, a documentary like where you tell the wrestlers are able to tell their stories. Really good ones on Rosemary and Josh Alexander, all of them, Trey Miguel, all of them, they've done it. And uh, I was part of the Rosemary one. I was like, "Oh, oh, I really want my own episode. I could do this. I could, I would love to tell this story too. I have one and it didn't work out that way for no other reason than I think it was meant to be like it was shown on TV. It was meant to be for this spot. So I, I always kind of had it in my back pocket as far as like, if we wanted to go this route, cause I'm always thinking wrestling. So if we, if we wanted to go this route, we could. And so I pitched this idea and this angle of like, here's where I, the, the turn that I want this character to take and here's what's kind of inspiring that where we're going with it now. And, so I want to get there. What do we think? And so we we did that and like, you know, everyone was on board and uh, it, it turned out again to be some of the best work that I was I've ever been done. And it's you can call pro wrestling, you know, you can use the word fake and call it bullshit, but that's that's as real as it gets, you know? That it's as real as it gets. So I was happy to be able to produce something like that on TV.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Steve, I, I watched all of that, all that stuff you did, and, and thought it was fucking phenomenal. And I think it actually elevated you as a wrestler and a character. I really do. Um, once again, this is another question from um, at Baby Hebner. Um, you've been basically, in my opinion, kind of, res- I don't want to say restricted, but alligated to tag teams. Yeah, for for a lot of your career uh-huh. at TNET, uh-huh. you're kind of on your own now, right? In a way, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, am. for sure, 100 percent on my own. So, what are your goals? I mean, listen, listen, I'm not stupid. Yeah, everybody's everybody's lofty goal is to be a world champion, okay? And if you're not that, if your goal's not that, who I've been told by a lot of people. That's that's then 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 not why being in the business. It may not be achievable. It may not be something that ever happens. But you don't know that it can't happen. Sure. But what are your goals? What are your goals?
2: Um, I want to. So again, it comes down to like, I want to tell stories. I want to be able to tell stories. For so long, you're right. I was in a tag team, but then I was also for the last like three years utilized as the guy who if you needed to have the eight-minute match either on uh, BTI or an explosion or even before the just before the cameras start rolling, I was that guy. You could throw me in there and I can do that in my sleep. And I can have a good match and I it can be cold. It can be with anybody. It doesn't have to have a storyline to it. You can put me in there with Johnny Swinger for six minutes. You can put me in there with Jake something for the same six minutes. You're going to get two different matches, but they're both going to be entertaining and everyone in between. Um, and I did that for like three years and I was, I'm so, I was bored of it. I was like, Hey guys, like, like, and this might be, this might be the the worst comparison that I make all night, but I'll make it anyway, just for the sake of the story. It was like, you're asking a chef to toss a salad. I can make you guys good meals, but you have to let me play. You have to let me cook. And then once they gave me what they're giving me currently this opportunity to create and do this stuff and they're putting their implementing, they're implementing their ideas as well, and it's adding to it. It's awesome, it's a really good back and forth. So it's just worked out so well. But my goals going forward in this is again to tell stories. It's that I it's not necessarily to be world champion, but if you allow me to tell stories and allow me to kind of really sink my teeth into some really good characters. Uh, you it's not on it would not be out of the ballpark to say now I want to see myself in a world championship match okay now I've created a point where the character is not only is seen in the same light where I can be worthy of that championship okay now let's talk about okay now I want to win it right it's it's not necessarily these giant goals but it's small things that will lead to bigger opportunities or at least that's the hope if you if you If you want me to continue, if you want to continue to sign me and let me do these six minute matches on BTI and an explosion or whenever or or a nothing match that's on impact, I'm happy to do that too. And I will do that for you. And I'll do that to the best of my ability. But I don't think that's using me to the best of my capabilities as a performer is concerned. I can do more. And I think it comes from a creative role. And I think, you know, if you, you know, let me let me cook.
0: So, real quick, and I'll flip it to RJ. Um, so, truly, as you know, answer this as honestly as you can. I, I know yes. how I would answer this as a wrestler. I know how I would, but I'm not yeah. a wrestler. We know that 98% of our business is predetermined. We know that. Yeah. Yes. What do wins and losses really truly mean to someone like yourself, honestly? So it comes It comes in uh, – you've got to look at it
2: through a couple different lenses, okay? One, I've never won or lost any wrestling match, okay? <laughs> let's, let's be clear, okay? I've never won anything. I've never lost anything. It's, it's <laughs> predetermined. We. Everyone knows that. But from a business standpoint and a character standpoint, which are the same things if you're asking the independent wrestler, uh, which is what I am, if you put me in a position where – all i'm doing is losing every time you see me on television again i'm happy to do that because i'm not winning or losing anything but from a character standpoint the audience stops believing in you they don't no one wants to cheer for the losing team okay and and again i have a cool entrance and everyone knows that when they see that oh that's a cool entrance but as soon as the bell rings the audience automatically believes and knows that I'm going to lose. So they don't put faith in it. So they don't have a, why tune in? Why hang out? um, And so that's where it hurts you. That's where losses can hurt you from a character standpoint. And that can affect your business. And that's how we make our money. So. I've never been the person to politic or to stab somebody in the back. It's just not. I don't understand. I don't think that really doesn't exist in the TNA locker room, honestly. But you hear a lot about it in pro wrestling. I know it exists, but I've never been that person. I don't know how to play that game. Again, I hate to keep repeating myself, but it falls back on to being creative. I'm not. I'm not trying to have, not coming to these writers or Scott DeWorm with, "Hey, I want to be the X Division champion." I'm coming to you with, hey, I have an idea with my character that hopefully can put me in an opportunity to where they consider me for an X Division title shot. And then we go from there. And, and you know what I mean? And, like, that's how you yep. – that's how I've always tried to do it. And, like, and that's – and to me that's because it fits naturally. When it comes to my career, people will look back and they'll say, oh, the stuff you did with the Hardys was really awesome. Decay and the Hardings was awesome, and it was awesome. And I can talk about that for an entire podcast on it by its own. But one of the things that made it cool was that it was never planned that way. Decay was getting over because it was awesome. And what Matt and Jeff were doing was getting over because it was awesome. And then it just made sense for them to combine the two. And when they did, we did awesome business together. That's what I want to do all the time. I don't want it to be forced. And you can't, you can't do that all the time. Don't get me wrong. It's it's impossible to bottle that and do that all the time. But that's the science that I would like to do. Again, I'm not trying to put myself where, hey, I want to be X Division champion or I want to be world champion. But I want to be considered from a character standpoint to where you can put me in opportunities around those titles that people believe that the character could possibly win them. Whether I win them or not, that's up to you when we get there. But at least put me in that opportunity to make it believable. And I'll do my part as it per, as it pertains to being a performer from a from a promo standpoint to an in ring standpoint to outside the ring being a professional online while I travel in front of Gen Pop, you know what I mean? Like all of that. That's up to me. That's my portion of the job, and I'm willing to do that. But you, being my boss, have to give me the opportunity to like go forward and try it. So yeah. um, that's I the was... that's the struggle.
1: Yeah. So we have um we have our last listener question here from JD he says uh for those that don't know explain how being uh, blind have has affected you as a wrestler and what adjustments you've have, you have had to make in order to actually wrestle
2: how does being blind affect me as a wrestler well JD have you seen me wrestle i fucking suck dude uh <laughs> No, I mean uh I've had to make oh seriousness, I've had to make adjustments. Like honestly, like but you wouldn't know it if you're watching. Right? Yeah, go ahead.
0: I'm, fuck that. You do not suck. Are you yeah.
2: kidding? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I say that in jest, good sir. Me and J D, we were in on it. He knew. Uh yeah, no, uh honestly like things that i won't do like i mean and i found all that in training that's why you go to training uh you know like i don't do for instance let's just say uh, for a move i don't do a top rope leg drop one i've taken it many times but i will never do that because i know from a vision standpoint i can't judge the distance from your head to where my leg is going to be and i can smash you and kill you and i'm not interested Sorry, I know that I'm blind and I know wrestling is a violent sport, but I have also grew up on guys like uh, Bret Hart, who prided themselves on being able to throw a punch and a kick full-fledged at your face, but not leave you with a black eye or a broken nose. Because he knew that you were just trying to pay your bills and feed your family. And he knew that you had to get up the next morning and do the exact same thing over again, just like he did. And I, despite my eyesight, have always prided myself on trying to maintain the magic of pro wrestling that is done by guys like a Bret Hart, regardless if I can do it or not that's that's one of the examples that I'm looking to do and I think if you ask or if you interview anybody who I've worked they will tell you that despite the fact that I'm legally blind I've never smashed anybody except for Jesse Godders uh <laughs> <laughs> but that was an accident whoa, but it did happen whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. back up back back,
0: back 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 yeah 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 what happened
2: uh slamiversary I think We're working, I put him in the corner, and I jumped at him and gave him a forearm, and I just rocked him, right in the jaw, and his legs went spaghetti, and I remember picking him up, and like, he was heavy, because we had another thing to go to, and I was like, what the hell, dude, get up, and he got up, and then we went to the next thing, or whatever, but he was like, dude, you rocked me, and I was like, I am so sorry, Uh, but other than that, like, that's the only, like, and that was in 2016, and I don't like, I mean, I probably again, I pride myself on that, but again, it also comes from limiting things that I do. I also don't throw punches very often because I feel like one, I'm either going to connect and I'm going to smash you or it's going to look good, but that's not going to happen all the time. Or I'm <laughs> either going to miss you and it's going to completely miss you. And so my thought is if it's going to look good 40% of the time, I'm still not going to throw it. Because I want it to look good 100 percent of the time, so I choose not to throw punches a lot of the times. So, you know, I just stick to things that I know that I can do that I'm not going to that are going to look good, but not going to break your jaw, knock out a tooth. But I'm still, I am going to hit you because that's also. Like, I mean, that's how I was raised. So it's not like I'm I'm not holding back on anybody else either. But I'm also not out to uh, to to knock out anyone's teeth or break a nose or anything like that.
0: Steve, do you know that, you know, uh, it's kind of weird. Do you know that not one wrestler throughout my career, not one, and I'm happy about this, but do you know that oh. one wrestler has ever come to me that has cleaned my clock and said, I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. Not one. Really? Not, yeah, no. Okay. No, they, they, they've all checked on me and said, hey, you okay? You I okay, I mean, after we get back, you know, backstage and we're talking or whatever, but not one motherfucker cared about whether I was okay.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, no, shit.
0: I mean, uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, but maybe they just knew I was badass Brian and they just knew I was okay. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I would say you're, I'm Canadian, so it's inherent that I would apologize right after. Hell, I might have been <laughs> apologizing while I'm hurting you. you
0: no, know? no one That's, ever <laughs> No, no one has ever apologized. I swear. <laughs> I, I can,
2: I can remember. I, I remember I was working uh, Eddie Kingston on Impact. We did this some sort of street fight thing, or we're battling in the way And I grabbed a chair and I threw it at him. And I, I said, "I'm sorry." As I threw it at him, he takes it. We get to the back, and he's laughing about it. He's like, "Bro, if you've got to apologize, while you're throwing the chair." just don't throw the fucking gym. (laughs) Right. And I was like, (laughs) Julie, no, but I was in it. We were in it. It was fun. (laughs) But I, I'm that type, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, I, I would definitely apologize again, Canadian, but also I care too. Cause at the end of the day, like that's what we're doing. Yes. We're wrestlers and yes, we're entertainers and we are putting on a show. But at the end of the day, fuck, we're also trying to feed our families and we're trying to pay bills. and, And we're trying to do this for as long as we possibly can at least that's that's my goal uh to do it a, at a respectable level um because i love doing it so i want to do it for as long as i can and the only way i'm going to be able to do that is if i protect this meat vehicle and i only got one of them so and i'm not always in charge of protecting this meat vehicle in a lot of cases it's the person i'm working with so anytime i'm in the ring i want them to know that i'm I will try my best despite eyes, eyesight be damned. I will do my best to protect you because you only got one of those things.
0: I'm just glad I never had to take a blind ball. Hey, there you go. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, here's the sad part of our program for me. Okay. Okay. We're going to close shop, but, yeah. but what I want you to do is I want you to put over all your social medias. I want you to put out anything you want anybody to know about crazy Steve.
2: Yeah, um, so as far as social media is concerned, I am i don't really use Twitter as much. If you do follow me on Twitter, I will definitely maintain it and I keep it up to date. But I'm not a huge um, – I don't go back and forth a lot on Twitter. Instagram is mostly my thing. You can still follow me on Twitter. You'll find out all my dates. You'll find out what I'm doing, all my promos and stuff like that. Anything artistic-wise, I throw it up there as well uh so if you're a voyeurism like myself then you will you can still get that kick uh, as far as x or twitter whatever the hell you want to call it that's at steve of crazy uh as far as uh, you know correspondence with fans i definitely go back and forth on my instagram quite more often because i'm more apt to throw out a picture out or a video or whatever and that is uh tna underscore crazy with two z's underscore steve tna underscore crazy underscore steve at instagram um I have a lot of fun stuff coming up in 2024. Uh, i got some cool things coming up is all I can really say. Uh, I've been busy. Let's just say that since, since October I've been busy doing some cool projects kind of outside of wrestling that I'm really excited to share with the world, but I can't say it right yet, but I'm excited. So please check me out uh, and follow up with that. I'm also teaching a uh, professional wrestling school in Kingsport, uh, Tennessee, that is at net pro studios, please. So if you uh, want to be trained by myself, crazy Steve, I have knowledge that I'm willing to give you. Um, and it's, it's a great training center. You can look it up at net pro studios. Uh, that's also on Instagram net pro studios, Facebook net pro studios, uh, check it out, look into it. Um, it's it's a brand new school that we just started and we have been fortunate enough to the building that we are operating out of the building that we run shows out of. We have been fortunate enough to be able to name the Bobby Eaton arena from, uh, from beautiful Bobby Eaton in honor of beautiful Bobby. Eaton. Um, and it's something that even as a Canadian coming into Tennessee and getting to know Bobby, like I did for the short amount of time that I did, while well, I've been here, uh, and then being able to honor him and and kind of what he represented as not just a pro wrestler, but as a human being. No one had a bad word to say about Bobby. And we really, that the spirit and the givingness that he had as a human being when it came to his fellow pro wrestlers, we try to implement that within our school, within our teachings as well. So I can't say enough things about, and Brian, you can attest to this, you can't say enough good things about beautiful Bobby Eaton. I'm really thrilled that we're able to not only name our school, the building that it operates out of uh, the beautiful Bobby Eaton arena, but uh, the school itself Net that pro studios is also awesome. I a mean, great training facility. We're open Mondays to Thursdays. Uh, and yeah, so please look us up on that route. And again, impact wrestling hard to kill January 13th, Las Vegas. Keep your eyes open. I have some good stuff coming there. Uh, as far as uh, advertisements and all that stuff, I'm done, sir. I'm done. I'm sorry if I uh, spoke you're too good. much too long. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we're good. We're good.
0: Steve, you're good. You're good. Um, I actually do have one more question before we close shop. Uh, yeah,
2: please, um, please, please hit me with it.
0: Your your, your boss uh said there was going to be a big signing. Um, yes. Um, any guesses? Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, Paul Roma, I think. Oh, Paul Roma! That would change. The, my guess. That would actually change the landscape of TNA right there.
2: That's my guess. Yeah, that was my first guess. I didn't know. Like, that's not out there. I thought that. That hashtag Paul Roma. I thought that was a no. All right. Oh. I thought I was a I, okay. I thought I was up to date, but no. All right. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Now, now I'm in the dark. I had all my eggs in Paul Roma's basket.
0: Steve, you you're such a kayfabe motherfucker, but I love Good. it. <laughs>
2: Good. Yeah, at least he no, you went with it, though. Yeah, in all seriousness, I dude, all I do is work there, brother, you know, and I'm being serious as serious can be. All I do is work there. I would not know, even I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know. And you hey, get you, it, I, you know, yeah, you know, like when you're gone, when you're off the road, you're off the road.
0: Oh, I know. Hey, hey, bro. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm the same way, man. I don't – I mean, I'm off-road. I'm at home. I'm chilling with my dogs and with my family, especially now it's holiday season. I'll see you guys in January 13th, and we'll rock and roll then. Whatever happens, happens. It's exciting for everybody. But the fact that I don't know, I don't care because, like, I grew up in an era where wrestling, you were able to be surprised. And I still like that. And if I can still provide that with my audience – then I will happily do so. But if it happens to me, like I think it's going to happen to me on January 13th with whoever it is they have signed, hey, the more I wait, the better it is for me. That's what makes pro wrestling special.
0: Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Steve, I want to tell you this. I just want to tell you this. Um, You know this. I don't have to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You know I love you to death and you're a brother of mine forever. Um, I have had magical times with you and me and you have really gone into the lobby one time several times and actually ran into each other on our flights and actually didn't remember seeing each other. Um But anyway, um uh, just want you to know, I really appreciate you. I think you're amazing. You have, you have just the amazing story that people really don't know about. Like I know the most detailed and it's dude, you're so good. Uh, and I love you to death. And I, <laughs>
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now listen, you got to stop, 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 stop. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And like I said, uh, when I got the invite to do the podcast, I was like, oh, you, well, Hell yeah, I didn't think twice. I haven't spoken to you in forever. And uh, I'm, these things are no problem for me. I mean, it's just we're just having a conversation between friends. And so like I, I feel like this conversation captures that as well. So And so I, it's a win-win for me. You get to use it as content. I get to catch up with you. And we talk wrestling and stuff like that. Uh, when I knew I was doing this, I thought about, like, what if they ask me, what was my favorite match that you ref? I was just playing with the idea of, like, what if that question comes up? And it didn't. And, but I, the reason, and I'm glad it didn't because I don't have an answer. Uh, but the reason, <laughs> mm-hmm. but here's the reason the reason why I don't have an answer, Brian, is because whenever I'm in the ring with you, I never notice that you're there. And that speaks to how good of a professional. Re- like you are because you're never supposed to know when the ref's there. Now I know you're always going to be there as it pertains to how much time do we have? Is someone going to get, if if someone gets hurt uh, or if someone gets lost, or even if an earpiece doesn't work, then we still have it because Brian's Brian's in the ring. Right. But when it comes to like the visual memories of uh, of when when I when any of the times that we've been in the ring together, I couldn't bring one up with you. I don't, I and, and I and I thought, well, shit, like that kind of sucks. But then I realized, well, the reason is because I can't never remember when you I see you in the ring, and that just speaks to how good of a god how good of a referee you are. So, again, uh, if, if you if you you know you had to put me over, so now I'm putting you over, uh, thank you, I appreciate you for having me on, and uh, yeah. I'm glad we got to catch up,
0: man. Well, well, Jesus Christ! This is not about me getting put over; it's about you. That's why we're having. To show no, it. but I
2: mean, it's it just speaks to you know. It, I'm. It is what it is. It's
0: the truth. It's honestly, it's the truth. Can, can, can we hug it out? <laughs> Virtual hug, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Steve, Steve, thank you so, so very much, man. I really do appreciate it, and uh, your time, I know, it's valuable. And you know what? I'm glad that I've gotten it, and um, you know what, dude. I am very excited to see where your character is going. And you made me very stoked about this new TNA movement and uh, where you're going with it. And I cannot thank you so much for joining our show. And you know what? I'm going to say it again. People can say what they want, but I love you, buddy. (laughs) I love you too, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: Steve has one of those stories, man. That uh, really needs to be told. And I think we got a lot of that from him this evening and this week. Uh, Just thrilled to have him on Uh, and definitely a guy that uh, to keep an eye on as far as the talent in the ring and all the stuff that he has coming uh, in 2024 for
0: sure. No doubt, dude. Um, I I just want to say this before we close shop. What a great dude and what a great story. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't get as deep as we could in, as far as him not being able to see, man. Um, mm-hmm. not being, you know, and you know, I didn't want to, I, I, I did want to go deep into that because you know what? I, I don't want to bother somebody, you know, with, with that kind of stuff. He, he touched on it. He did whatever, but let me just tell you something. Steve is a wonderful guy, a wonderful wrestler. And Wow just amazing. It, it really is. I mean, could, could you imagine going through life when you go, you're legally blind?
1: Well, and I, and I think, uh, you know, for that to make light of it, but I'm pretty sure my, uh, my wife would think I'm blind half the time. So
0: she, 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 she definitely is.
1: Well I, well, I know she definitely is. Cause we'll look at me and we'll look at her, but anyways, that's beside the point. Um, But no, seriously, on a serious note, though, I really hope that a lot of people enjoy this episode this week with Crazy Steve, and we'll definitely check him out coming up, like he said, on January 13th at Hard to Kill in Las Vegas, a TNA rebranding pay-per-view there. Uh, Definitely looking forward to what he has in store for uh, for all of us. Uh, But, uh, Brian, you know, you keep on – Going to the gym, showing off all those thirst straps over there on the Instagrams, uh, you know, people are going to start thinking that uh, you know you're, you're ma- making a uh, making a return there to the ring, but uh, I know better than that. So, uh, but anyways, what are ways that people can get a hold of you on the old uh, online gimmicks there?
0: Um, very easy. Once again, everything I do is easy. Um, it's called at uh, Baby Habner on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make it simple. Mm-hmm. I don't know why crazy Steve wants to put an extra Z on his uh, Twitter gimmick. But anyway, uh, I, I like the way the fact that he hated the fucking X. He didn't say it. He didn't say that fucking <laughs> X.
1: Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love how you get, get, get this. Even the simplest shit gets you hot. I love it. Yeah. Um, no does
0: it really really does rj all right stop yeah. we've been good all night long let's not end it now like this
1: no and the, weird, and the weird part about it is is like we've been on the same wavelength with a lot of this booking shit and it's kind of scary me but um no i just want to give a, a big thanks especially this time of the year to everybody that's been a part of this team uh first and foremost with jimmy Uh obviously scheduling conflicts like we said at the beginning of the show i uh, couldn't be here tonight but big thanks to him for being a part of this show for um for the better part of this year. Uh, and then as well as our guest from last week AJ McKay for doing the great uh uh you know sounders that the entrance the intros, the outros, the theme of this show uh, as well as JD uh JD Hoop that does the great graphics. I, I can't wait for you you're probably looking at it right now, but um the great graphics he did this week for crazy Steve is just absolutely phenomenal um even my son gavin absolutely loves them uh that uh, each and every week so it goes to show you that from 11 years old all the way up to 99 years old jd hoop and uh, aj mckay does great work
0: yeah never gets old man we have a such a great crew and uh this is the time and month of giving and loving and uh and i just love and want to just say that you know our our, our crew here at uh, it up is uh, amazing and you know We're not done yet. We got one more episode before we mm-hmm. end. The year. And then uh we're gonna start out with uh some stuff fresh. We're gonna do some stuff. We'll 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 enlighten you later. But uh next week we'll figure out uh what's going on and uh keep you guys on your toes.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, guys, for all of from all of us here at Refing Up. Uh, have a great holiday Merry Christmas Happy New Year All that good stuff Brian have a great uh, Great holiday I'm sure everybody's Coming into town You'll see everybody And uh, This week And uh, Yeah Best to you And the family And all that
0: good stuff You too buddy RJ No matter what anybody says I really do love you buddy
1: I love you too Right back at you my friend But Thank you guys For tuning in this week To wrap It Up For Brian Hebner I am RJ We'll see you here Next week on Reffin' It Up.
0: One, two, three.